Welcome back to the Echo Video Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Tapley. Joining me today is Bart. Bart, how's it going? Hey, Hunter. Glad to be back as always. Happy almost spooky season. Uh, it's going well. It's been a pretty decent week. I feel like the last few weeks have been just kind of boring on my part, but I'm moving in and I have no money, so <laughs> I'm not really doing much. How about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Been a bit of a tough week. Um, Monday kind of kicked my ass. Did not Was not doing good. Just having a lot of... Cool. No, just a, a lot of stress and, man, work is fucking, yeah, work's been kicking my ass too. Everyone there, dude, it's, everyone there is like, every single day, they're like, Broadway performance of Shakespeare, and they're all going for the Tony, how dramatic everybody acts there. Oh, fuck. It's fucking brutal. Like, oh man, I was told 15 times by 15 different people that this needed to be done. And I was like, yeah, I got it the first time. I'm going as fast as I can. Okay. I don't need to hear it another 15 times before the minute is up, guys. Relax. It's getting done. You get it like fucking WhatsApps to you. You get a ping email. So they all communicate on like Skype. I refuse I refuse to sign up on Skype. I, I don't I have not given them my phone number because I know if I go in there hell's breaking loose. There's no coming back. That's yeah. the actual one of the seven doors of hell. Yeah, exactly. Um well the other thing I wanted to talk about was just before we get started was I bought this movie. I've been trying to get Cannibal Free Ox. Do you know what that movie is? No, but it sounds delightful. It's basically the second cannibal movie beside Cannibal Holocaust. Like, it's the second, like, most controversial one, I would say. And I've been looking everywhere. I looked on Amazon, and there was two copies. There was the less expensive, yellow-cased, shameless edition. And then there was the more expensive Grindhouse release of it. And I was like, well, I'm going to go with the less expensive. And as I'm looking up, what the uh, what the differences are because I just kept thinking okay this is a UK release there's no way it's the original full cut it's not they cut a, a bunch of it out all they cut out all the animal violence oh, and then okay, I was like well I mean I get it that's fine <laughs> no, but yeah. I'd I'd like I'd like the option to have it on or off like I think the Grindhouse releasing of Cannibal Holocaust is probably one of the greatest releases of a Blu-ray in my opinion because it had the option to watch the original version or the animal cruelty free version and I love show when I show it to people I hover over that so they get a good long look at what they're about to watch they're that they're about to watch two versions of a movie I hover over it purposefully every time but I had to buy it again so now I have the Grindhouse version and the Shameless edition. And now So now I'm going to watch them back to back to see where the cuts are and to see which one is the better version. And I will discuss that whenever I find it. Incredible. Man, do you remember when we watched Cannibal Holocaust for the first time? Dude. And it was a tight race between either Disney's The Jungle Book or yeah. Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Dude, I think I... we made that right choice. Dude, I straight... That's like a core memory for me. Me too, man. Watching that movie for the first time. Dude, that was so much fun. Deeply embedded in my brain. I've like openly tried to recreate the scenario of us the first time watching that movie with so many different people and it has never mm. been recreated successfully. Every single time, dude, it's been a fucking dud. I hate it. The stars just aligned that night. Oh, you know what else I noticed? So the, 
I was on YouTube and I was watching like a trailer popped up for that movie, The Woman King. Mm -hmm. And you know how like they say on the trailer, like certified fresh rotten tomato score. Like that's like Mm -hmm. an advertising ploy. It's like certified fresh critic score, but now they're advertising the audience score. It says, it goes 100% critic score and a 99% audience score. So they've lost faith so much in critics that now they have to show both scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit. But I mean, I mean, hey, you know what? It's got a pretty high audience score and a pretty high critical score, so it's probably a decent movie. Probably something I yeah. would personally not go out of my way to see, but I mean, I heard I, the cast looks great and it seems like a fine movie, so. Yeah, same for me. Not really up my alley, but hey, could could be good. But that's funny. I I bet you 100% that if like critic scores lower the audience score, they'll like promote the audience and vice yeah, versa. Yeah, I 100%. bet you that's what they're <laughs> I bet you that's what they're doing now. Or maybe yeah, it's 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 kind of just a joke at this point to listen to critics at all. I think I've I caught on to that a couple of years ago mm-hmm. back in college like I was really bad for that in high school like liking movies that were only critically acclaimed. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. was very bad for like if the movie did not have higher than seventy, I would not watch it, and I fucking hate myself for doing that. But like I remember, I went to the theater because I felt I needed to watch every Oscar-nominated movie in high school. Mm-hmm. I saw fucking Brooklyn with my mom. I fucking hated that movie, but I lied to myself that I liked it because it was it had really good like critic scores. I was like, if I don't like it, I don't like movies, so I have to like it. I was like, this movie fucking yeah. sucks. <laughs> you, you've I grown we've both grown I, mean, I, I used to do the exact same thing man oh, all that dude. oscar bait shit i would fucking sniff it out dude i did that all the fucking time and yeah. i i won't i like i stopped doing it in college like i think my second year of college even maybe even my first year i just kind of i remember watching ninja turtles ninja turtles 2 and i liked it and i felt like i was fucking i felt like i was hiding fucking the dirtiest secret of all time that I enjoyed Ninja Turtles too. You publicly <laughs> humiliated, ostracized yeah. for liking it. Yeah, honestly. that's what I felt like, dude. Um, all right, so let's let's get into this week's discussion. So as as uh, hinted at last week, we're talking about the 1981 film The Beyond, uh, directed by Lucio Fulci, and I gotta say right off the bat, I I was not the biggest fan of this i thought it was okay i thought mm-hmm. it was okay what, what were your initial thoughts of it yeah as a showcase for practical effects in the 80s it's amazing mm-hmm. but the story the narrative and the character the acting all that even the cinematography was a little bit bland uh, it, it's i don't know the, the whole story itself is not really existent and i'm pretty sure well not pretty sure they they wrote a lot of scenes just on the spot just kind of become showcases for the gore effects, which is fair enough. But if you're seeing all these characters dying, you kind of want to care about them at least a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you know that this is part of a trilogy of films? This is the second film in the Gates of Hell trilogy, which also include the films City of the Living Dead from 1980, then The Beyond, and then the final one is The House by the Cemetery, also in 1981. We should uh, do a. I, I did know that, but we should do a. Uh, every year we'll do one film, and the next year we'll do another film. We'll do one other trilogy. There we go. Yeah, we can do that. Every year, but the the whole release of the film itself was also quite strange because it was released 
in Europe in 1981. Yeah. And then in 1983, it was released in America, but it was like oh. heavily censored. And cut. Yeah. So, just, but then, sorry, just to piggyback off that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was heavily cut, and this film was also introduced, like, introducted into the video nasties. So I don't know if you know much mm. about that, but no. basically, a video nasty is a term described by uh, a term describing a group of low budget horror slash exploitation films that were distributed on VHS. Basically, so all the good, like all the good low budget horrors horror movies are on it, and the court system in Europe basically said like. So the press commentators or, or court system in Europe basically censored these movies and were like, we got to cut this, we got to cut that, we got to cut this. So this is what one of the movies that got introduced into that list. I believe there's 72 films in total on the Video Nasties list. And surprisingly, you've probably seen a couple of them. Like I know Evil really? Dead. I know Evil Dead's on there, The Burning. Um, it's not like... Like there's there's definitely a few that you've definitely never heard of, but there is a lot more than you that you've probably heard of that you don't know were introduced introduced to that list. So that's interesting. I should check that out. Was um have you ever seen the 1983 version? Do you know of it? Like is it heavily heavily cut? It's already a pretty short film. I don't I... know. I I know that we saw the uncut version because Grindhouse yeah. is the one. Grindhouse releasing does it all uncut which is really yeah. nice i prefer to see the uncut but yeah i also would like the uh option to do definitely. it definitely uh yeah just to go off what i was saying but like the whole 1983 release in america was the very cut version but then in 1998 um uh, quentin tarantino got together with his uh, production company uh, rolling thunder picture and they kind of partnered up with grindhouse releasing to release the full uncut version in america which is Really cool, actually, all these years later. Unfortunately, two years prior, uh, Lucio Fulci has had passed away. Bit of a bummer, but I think he yeah. definitely, Lucio Fulci has a pretty outstanding film filmography, and there are a lot mm-hmm. on there I have to, I have not checked out, but I want to check out in the future, so pray for my wallet. <laughs> because... <laughs> But yeah, basically, one of my favorite, um, just before we get into the movie itself, the soundtrack of the movie was changed in the North American release in, back in 1983, oh. and it also went by an alternative uh, title, which was Seven Doors of Death, as opposed to The Beyond. Two other facts. I prefer the score I heard in this releasing, in the Grindhouse releasing, which I believe is the original score. Um, very reminiscent of a band called Goblin. That worked on, uh, they worked on Suspiria and a couple other films. Suspiria is the main one that they work on. Like everyone would know him from Suspiria, but I believe they worked on George R. George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead as well. And they're a pretty good band. And yeah, I just really enjoy them. So I did really enjoy awesome. the score in this movie. Damn, I'll check them out. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I like the music a lot too in this. And there was one thing that I noticed um, whenever it showed like the blind eyes. Yeah. It would have like this loud percussive sound and they do that by striking a cymbal and then submerging half of it in water. So it kind of like, <laughs> that's cool. super tramp. That's the same thing. It's really cool. Where are we going to begin with this one? So I guess it starts in, ni- in 1927 in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't hear a lot of the dialogue because I had to kind of rush to watch this last night. I was on a very tight schedule. 
So I kind of rushed through this scene. I was doing other stuff while I was watching it. But from what I got, there was a artist and a witch. And there was some kind of book. The What was the book called? The Ebion or something? Ebion, yeah. And basically, there he's working on a painting. And then this group of people rushes into the hotel, grabs him. And then fucking crucifies him in the basement of the hotel, I believe. Yeah, and it's like railroad spikes. <laughs> yeah, jammed, like, it's slammed into his wrist. And I got us. It was pretty, uh, honestly, pretty disgusting. And everything, like, it was kind of like a normal '80s practical effect. I was like, whatever. But I think, like, it's very good. But I was kind of, I'm kind of numb to the gore. But the screams that this guy was letting out actually kind of scared me a little bit. Like they were just like so unnaturally like yeah, they were they echoed so much too dude they actually kind of freaked me out that scene a little bit and then we cut forward sorry go ahead I, I, you sounded like you were gonna say something the ebion ebion i don't know how to fucking pronounce it was uh written by clark uh anson smith in 1933 and it also appears in the cthulhu missos and it's very much like the ne- necronomicon which is pretty cool i thought so i think the painter what's his name schweik Yep, Schweck. Sorry, Schweck, Schweck is the yeah. name of the painter. Is he painting hell or the gateway to hell? Is that what it is? Because the very ending shot is yeah. Okay. I think he's just it says he's just working on a hellish painting in room thirty six mm. of the Seven Doors Hotel. Um, that's just as a house, so I would assume it's hell. Yeah, mm. and basically, I think there's also a gate to hell in this hotel. Like one of the seven gates of hell is in this hotel. Right, and I think it's in room thirty thirty six. I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, so we cut forward to 1981, and someone's in in uh, one of the characters, Lisa. Lisa has inherited the hotel, and she's basically refurbishing it, trying to reopen it, and stuff like that. And uh, fucking immediately, a painter falls, looks in. I was also surprised <laughs> that happened immediately. <laughs> looks in the room, sees a woman with like milky eyes, falls off the banister, and basically dies. <laughs> yeah, it's like a six foot drop or something, and he just cracks his head open, dead immediately. Yeah. And we're like five, ten minutes into the movie, so we're starting off strong. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, and then I. And then I believe we, we we work our way in. The other note I have here is when they're in the hotel, they're in the room, I think, that the guy is has looked in. I think they're... Are they in room 36 yet? I think they were looking into... Like, they were uh, painting the walls of room 36 on the outside. So they were looking in. Okay, the yeah. Yeah. And then there's, like, a bell. I thought it was a phone. And that is the loudest fucking thing ever, dude. It's oh like... It was so loud. It honestly made it honestly startled me a bit. I was like, God damn, like come yeah, on, guys. And it went on for so long. There's another seat, uh, it's just a horrendous sound. But this is a little bit further in the movie. I won't spoil it. But when he they're in a hospital and he has like a gurney and he's slowly pushing it and the wheels are just squeaking yeah. at this unbearable frequency for like a good thirty seconds. I had to actually like take my headphones off. I was absolutely ruined by that moment. So then, yeah, that kind of caught me off. That The fucking loud-ass sound there caught me off. And then, anyways, they worked their way down to the basement. And the plumber, Joe, 
he fucking shows up to investigate some kind of, I think it's a lack of running water. And then there's like the most flooded basement. Like that basement's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I love how she's like, oh, how long it will take? And he's like looking at it, this complete fucking disaster. He's like, it'll yeah. take as long as it takes. That fucking <laughs> dude. And then the other thing that, that was kind of funny, he goes to the, like the foundation wall where the water is and he starts hammering into it. And that fucking foundation is just effortlessly falling apart. He's like, yeah, it's like get, the, get the fuck out of that house, man. It's not safe. Well, the fucking thing's going to drop down on you. Oh, I think before then, we're also introduced to the doctor who goes to help the painter. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have running water, I think that's why they call the plumber. Yeah, so we, yep. Yeah. You're right. I missed over. I skipped over that. John, John the doctor. He'll, immediate love interest. Yep. He'll definitely come back later. Yeah. Um. So then, oh, yeah. So when he's chipping away. Dude, this jump scare, we get a jump scare, and it honestly scared me. <laughs> when the Ooh, fucking, me good. when it the hand me good. reaches through the, the wall, hand. dude, I didn't, I honestly didn't expect it, and it fucking made me jump. I was like, Jesus, fuck, I was, it fucking freaked me out. And yeah, then, got me too. is this, he gets his like eyeball, like his face ripped off, doesn't he, at this scene? Yeah, and it's not even like his eyeball is pushed into the skull. It's like yeah. he goes, finger goes into yeah, like the dude. eye socket and pushes it out. And it's like it's moving, like the eyeball's like looking around and stuff. Yeah. It was so creepy. It's a really good effect. Yeah, dude, it was yeah, awesome. This whole movie is full of like, great effects. And I was going to say, too, in the basement, because it's basically just the whole set piece of the movie, like everything that is important happens in the basement. It's a yeah. really good atmosphere. Oh yeah, I think they had a really good set down there, especially yeah. with like the really dark shadows, the heavy shadows. Yeah, it's really good. I kind of the thing I the, the thing I do like about one of the, the the benefits I'll give to this movie is I do like the kind of the weird how it it feels. Basically, this is an, an a full Italian film. It's basically Italian cinematographer, Italian director. I think and I think most of the actors are Italian, but they're shooting in New Orleans. So there's this yeah. United States like American like suburbs and homes and cars and locations, but then you have this kind of Italian feel to the cinematography and stuff. So it kind of adds to this weird dreamlike stace that you're watching. So I really did enjoy that. I thought that it added to kind of the the weird mystery of the movie almost. Um, So then after that, I believe the maid finds the bodies of... uh, Wait, hold on. Somebody yeah, so, somebody goes down after Joe. Yeah, Martha, right? Is it Martha? Not Martha. I thought somebody got blinded by something in the bottom of there. Or maybe I'm thinking cor- incorrectly. Either way, we Martha goes down, the maid goes down to the uh down to the basement and then she takes them to the local hospital like to the morgue. Mm-hmm. And then and then so then anyway, this is kind of an important piece, but then it we get Lisa driving the car on this fucking long ass bridge. <laughs> like it's fucking like you you're on this bridge, you're not turning around. You're going to the like other side of this bridge, bridge, dude. It's a one way we're not, Dude, it's yeah. a, it was the longest bridge I ever fucking seen. And yeah. there's a woman and her dog, a blind woman and her dog out in the middle of it like <laughs> Jesus. Can you imagine being stuck there? How the fuck is she going to find her way home? Also, when she's driving, 
she can see the the dog and the girl like 500 meters ahead because it's just like flat land oh yeah she stops a fucking ass hair oh, yeah. from hitting them right in front and of her clients he can't even react doesn't even like swerve out of the way i think the brakes even squeal and shit too when yeah when she stops so it's like <laughs> like there was almost a fucking manslaughter and then yeah i think the, the maid goes down finds joe the plumber yeah. and then yeah. there's kind of like a weird not a cut or anything but like a narrative jump because we have then we're yeah. introduced to the morgue yeah dr john is working with harris yeah and oh while martha was down in the basement she also found a body that's been there for like six seven years oh yeah so yeah, yeah. they bring they bring both joe which and is which is the other body which is schweck uh Schweck. yeah, yeah they, they think yeah. it's six seven years but it's been like a good crisp 60 years oh yeah definitely <laughs> but they bring him into the morgue <laughs> And then Dr. Harris immediately puts, like, this brainwave detector on him. Yeah. Like, this man is literally decomposing on the spot. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, maybe we'll pick something up. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely no way you're picking anything up from that fucking thing. This other weird scene, because we're introduced, like, the mom and the daughter of Joe. Because Dr. Yeah, Harris leaves, yeah. and then Dr. John leaves. And it's like, all right, come on in. First of all, weird that they can just walk into a morgue of bodies like that. Yeah, dude, like, nobody, like... I think the mom just kind of walked in. Literally. Like, she's like, all right, wait over <laughs> here, Jill. I'm going to go say hi to your dad. He's just kind of chilling on this metal bench. Yeah. And he's <laughs> all fucking got his heart cut out or big hole in his chest. They're stitching up. Yeah. She walks in. Fucking. Uh, she walks in. She looks around. And I think the body starts, the brainwave, act, like the, uh, the brainwave detector starts detecting brainwaves. And then... <clears throat> We cut outside and we see the little girl, and then there's like a caught like a scream inside. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like this ungodly scream. Yeah, and then she goes, and then she walks in, no fucking supervision she's or like anything. 14. She's yeah, like 14, 15. She kind of looked like the uh, what was the character's name from Stranger Things? The redhead. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, Sadie Sink. Sadie. Uh, yeah. yeah. She looked yeah. exactly like her. I was like, oh, that's kind of maybe that was why they made her pick her. Maybe that's why they picked her or something. That joke. <laughs> that's funny. But but anyways, so she goes in and then she sees her mom on the floor and at first it's like fucking white cum falling out of a jar all over yeah. her face, but then it cuts and it's a clear liquid. I was also confused how she got there. Yeah, I I have no idea. I'd imagine Did she just fall over and acid fell on her? Yeah, I would imagine she was like so scared of something that it made her yeah. fall. Holy fuck. Did you hear that? Home invasion, yeah. Fuck. People dropping shit They're above being me. Slaughtered. Uh yeah, but yeah, so then the acid's just like slowly pouring on her forehead. And I was also surprised, like people's reactions to dead people or horrendous injuries are pretty mundane. They're like, oh no. Dude, my and mom is melting yeah, acid alive. The daughter just like, stands oh. there for like five minutes staring at her fucking melting to death. And it's like, yeah. um, you gonna you gonna do something here? You gonna you gonna say you know maybe help her out? Take this fucking lift the, the glass bottle up. The melting anything. the melting may have been the weakest effect in the film. I feel like this acid melting. Yeah, I feel like yeah, this I was so, out yeah. of all the out of all the deaths. I feel like this was like one of the weakest. Yeah, and then you see like the foam spreading yeah. over the the ground, and I was surprised she didn't go for the elevator. She wants to every other single door yeah. in the place, but doesn't yeah. go to the elevator. Doesn't go back the way she comes fucking yeah. runs to every single door opens up the door and i think there's like dead bodies in there and they start like moving towards her and then you hear the the reverb of the symbol and then she's blind 
or yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I, I think so too because then at the next scene it's like the funeral because they're like, oh, yeah. oh, oh her yeah, parents yeah. have passed away. Please, you know, help this girl out. And it was so funny after the funeral, everybody abandons her. Like she's completely by herself. Not even a reverent stayed to like, oh, and you know, give her no, a fucking coffee or anything. Dude, she starts screaming. And I actually thought this was a good transition because doesn't she scream and then it cuts to the trumpet in the jazz club? Oh, that's totally it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I made a note because that was the greatest transition since yeah. fucking Jurassic Park 2. I thought the fucking was... EML King in the bus. I thought that was a pretty good, I thought that was no, a pretty good transition. Yeah, you're totally right. My note says, shouldn't she leave instead of watching her mom dissolve? <laughs> Fair enough. That's some trauma, man. At least you're blind now. Yeah, and then and then the guy gets the, the the doctor gets the phone call at the bar, and then it cuts to the funeral. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure the um, we kind of just transition back to the lead character. Um, oh shoot, what's her name again? Um, Lisa. 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 Sorry, yeah, Lisa. And I think she's talking with one of the contractors, trying to figure out like the best way to improvise that oh not improvise improve the house and then he goes the contractor goes to like the town hall to find some old documents old oh, plans yep. of the basement so we can figure out like you know how are we going to set this place up this and then is, we get a really cool death this is when I he think. fucking falls off the ladder right and then yeah and he cracks his call open fucking, second time in 30 minutes and then the spiders eat him or is yeah. that a different dude the no fucking, that's the, the fucking ooh. tarantulas you slowly see this, them coming and they're like real tarantulas the spiders then, you see some fake ones in the back some <laughs> yeah, big giant them. like twice the size of the normal ones and they're oh, not even they're not even using all their legs to walk they're like shuffling yeah, they're usually like three of them yeah but oh dude the spider scene actually fucking made my skin crawl yeah it freaked me out too because you get these like extreme close-ups of the guy's face it's like a prosthetic now and they have like these these like the claws of and the jaws of the translators like ripping into his tongue his eyes his yeah ears, they fucking bite his tongue oh, and eye out dude yeah they like to, oh it's even so the gross. fake so one good. even the fake one looked disgusting and i hated it like yeah i was like i know if i showed this to my girlfriend she would not have fucking liked it because i've shown <laughs> her like i show her pictures of sp she fucking hates spiders and i've shown her like pictures of spiders and she just cannot look at them and i was like i'm really, really i'm really really glad we didn't watch this one together because she wow. would have been very upset with that scene like i was even been... disturbed by it that would have been a rocky rest of the night and I think, dude, I think they used clips from that spider scene in Spider-Man in like a in 2002 Spider-Man. Yeah. I think they used a couple clips gonna... from that scene in like a montage when Peter gets bitten. Yeah, and he has like those weird fever dreams. Yeah. Because the, the editor who worked for Sam Raimi's Spider-Man was also the co-founder of um, Grindhouse Releases. Oh, okay. So he was able to clip that in. Oh, that's really cool. And then I'm not sure if this might have just been... So you know how... Um, I think Harris later on in the actually we should wait we should wait but there's another callback to the whole Spider-Man thing. Oh okay. We'll wait till it becomes relevant. You know what I wonder in just a little stupid fun fact in Multiverse of Madness when Doc have you seen it? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, we won't get into what we our opinions on that movie is, but when he jumps through all the multiverses, there's a second on one of the cabs you see Grindhouse logo on one of the tops of the taxi cabs. So I'm wondering if he is the same editor if um, he maybe edited multiverse of madness or if he really 
or if uh, just Sam Raimi uh, is a big fan of Grindhouse movies. Either way, I just oh. I noticed that in Doctor Strange, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so. You know what? Since we're on Sam Raimi, I'm just going to go for it. You know how Dr. Harris dies because, like, the the zombies push in through the hospital walls on the, the windows and glass shards, like, impale his oh, face? Yeah, I was wondering yeah. if that was a nod to, like, Doc Ock's wife, you know? Because it goes in the same way, right, yeah. the forehead. Very could, very well could be. Very well yeah. could be. So then after the fucking... After the spider scene, probably the scene that was the most uncomfortable to watch. So after the tarantula scene, we go back to Lisa and she's still in the hotel, you know, trying to get stuff together. And she goes into room 36 because now she's paranoid about all the deaths that have been occurring. And she wants to know what's inside of these rooms, but some of them are locked. So she gets the key, opens it up, and that's where she sees uh, Swek speak crucified against the wall and we see the book the abion on the the counter there too or on like a little i don't know bedside table or whatnot yeah yeah and then she freaks out runs outside and is then caught by dr john in a doorway yeah and, yeah and then dr john goes back in and then everything's gone and then i think this is where we find out that the lisa or emily the blind girl doesn't actually live in town and there's no one in town even though she's insisting that there's a blind person that's helping her right yeah oh yeah because lisa tells dr john about like that the blind girl has been telling all these these premonitions and such yeah and then he goes to investigate that old abandoned house where she lives yeah allegedly and then he goes to the house I re- oh yeah so when so when he goes he goes to the house and i remember he grabs a pair of garden shears to open the to pry his way into the door mm-hmm. and fucking doors rickety as fuck like i don't i feel like he didn't need the garden no, shields to pr- yeah that bitch right like, down. it was fucking like barely a door like yeah it was hanging on by a fucking thread <laughs> crazy oh, and then yeah he, he breaks into the house essentially which is wonderful and then he, he finds the ebion there yeah and suspects that lisa is the one uh, who planted that for him there for him to find yeah essentially and then i think back at the hotel there's like a full bathtub i think the maid oh yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah in, see it's I think so hard to hold on to this movie because the narrative it's, itself is yeah, so disjointed that it's essentially just like setups for for yeah, horror uh, scenes deaths. basically yeah i just remember dude this is kind of the one kill i remember and there's one reason she goes to room 36 she drains this nasty ass bathtub goes in with her bare hands and there's like whatever's been sitting a fucking there. huge clump of hair and i just remember there i think joe the joe's zombified corpse is in the bottom of the tub i believe and he starts coming up and he's like Ugh. and i was like i think those are minecraft zombie sounds dude <laughs> joe sounded so much like a fucking minecraft zombie <laughs> I was that's like, incredible i didn't think of that <laughs> dude if you re-listen if you listen to minecraft zombie sound and you listen to joe like it's almost identical it made shot me fucking laugh dude i was fucking laughing so hard oh man that's actually really funny i i like the death scene then we get there too with martha where uh the fucking zombie just kind of slowly approaches her and then sticks out his hand and martha instead of running or anything <laughs> yeah. just slowly backs up into the wall yeah where swipe had been crucified all at 60 years ago so the nails are still there but the body's gone 
And then the zombie just kind of oh, pushes yeah. her slowly into the nail and it crushes into the back of her head and pops yeah, out her eyeball. Her eyeball comes out, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh. Jeez, man. They've really got an eyeball thing here. And the eyeball effects are really good because they do yeah. still move, like you said. I wonder if they use the same eye effect. Most, yeah, I would imagine so. It's crazy. Yeah. And then I think the scene after this is the blind woman in her house. And the ghost. This is a sad scene. <laughs> and she knows there's like something in her house, like some kind of force is in her house, but she can't see it. And the dog's barking away. And then she's like in the corner, like pleading for her life, basically. And then she goes mm. to her dog. The dog's name is Dickie. Kind of a weird name. I thought it was kind of funny. And she's yelling, like, attack, Dickie, attack. And then yeah, screaming. And then the dog starts attacking something. And, and then it comes back to her. And you hear like it like whining, and then it just bites her in the neck and fucking yeah. rips her throat out. I was like, "Oh damn, Dicky went crazy!" I was like, "God Dickie damn!" turned on her so fast. She's like, he's like ripping at her ear and like ripping the ear from the side of oh, her head. Oh, dude, it was crazy. Oh, jeez, he went oh, fucking so gross, man. Fucking, fucking ripped her ear, dude. Ripped what her fucking reason? ear off and shit. It was fucking insane. Yeah, I wonder what, like, he wasn't blind or anything. I wonder if they just didn't have dog contacts or if that was supposed to be the implication. Yeah, but I, I don't think, weird. no, I don't think he was blind. I think he just went crazy oh, okay. and killed her. Fair enough. And I then. Mean, she was screaming a lot. I would have probably done the same. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then I think, basically, there's a ton of zombies. From yeah, what like I remember. Hell, like a, hell just breaks loose at the I think point. that's, and like, one everybody... of. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I think so basically I think that's what um I think that's what they what they said the painting would do is that when uh it's revealed the corpses will reanimate or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember somehow they make it to the hospital. I can't yeah. fully remember but somehow they make it to the hospital cuz I'm not sure do you do you know why they're at the hospital? I think they're all just going to see Dr. John. Yeah, like, yeah, they're looking for doc- yeah. Dr. Harris. Because, oh yeah, Dr. Harris and Dr. John, yeah, because they're still in the morgue. And that's when all the bodies are reanimating. But it's Dude. funny, because initially, there weren't supposed to be that many zombies. Oh, but yeah? Because of uh, Lucio's earlier film, Zombie Duo, uh, which is, I don't know, one of his more popular films. There were a yeah. lot of zombies in that, and the production team wanted to get extra money out of it. So they wanted oh, to kind okay. of recreate that big like zombie moment at the end because there were only supposed to be like a few corpses here yeah the one thing i noticed was when the zombies break through the window behind i think lisa that scared the fuck out of me my pants were shit after that (laughs) dude that was the biggest scare in the movie in my opinion like it came out of nowhere and the glass there there was no indication of anything behind the glass and it just shattered and i was like oh who shit my pants i was like holy (laughs) fuck yeah that i think that's when dr harris gets impaled through the forehead by glass not yet it's the next scene he shoots the glass and the window flings shards into the other guy's face and i was like oh (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of a goofy way to die honestly and then i remember a lot of the zombies were really useless they just kind of stood as still as possible like i wouldn't even classify it as walking some of them like no dude they were just standing still yeah and then he's shooting them and it looks like paintballs are hitting them and they're dying right and then 
all of a sudden he shoots the ginger girl and her fucking yeah, jaw man. explodes. I was Holy like, shit, what was the difference between her and the other zombies? Oh, like, but it's so funny how it happens. Cause like I was going to start writing in my notes because for 10 minutes, it's basically a shooting gallery of Dr. John having infinite ammo. Ooh, funny thing. He does reload once yeah. and the actor, um, what's his name? David Warbeck tried to have a little gag and he put the bullets into the revolver, like, in through the barrel instead of in the cylinder <laughs> but it was never caught so you can see him reloading by putting the fucking bullets in the barrel of the revolver i did not which is really that. funny i did not notice that <laughs> yeah but yeah like i was saying it just gets to this <laughs> most boring shootout because all he's doing is body shots and it's just paintballs but, hitting them like yeah it's... and every single time he gets a headshot they just drop and it's yeah. like i don't know why he doesn't just do headshots the whole time because i was writing in my notes like oh it's kind of getting boring but then they get inside of the morgue where jill's parents are yeah and she's sitting there like blind and like okay we're gonna escort this little girl it's gonna be fine and then she kind of just she's possessed we know that but yeah, yeah. they don't really and she reaches for lisa a bit like to kind of gouge out her eyes yeah but in a fucking split second dr john does like a 360 no scope without even assessing the situation blasts her right in the head she's not undead or anything she's just blind just her whole fucking head explodes out. Like you said, the jaw pops out. Yeah, it I was, was like, insane. oh my god. It was, it was like, insane. What the fuck? And then after that, I think they go down to the basement of the hospital, but they end up in the hotel. Yeah, there's like this weird. Like, yeah, because they touch on it. And I was thinking maybe that the, the, the hospital is also one of the, yeah, one the of gates. The gates but... Maybe it's tied together. But I wasn't sure about that because they touch on it and never come back. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird ending, but basically they end up in the same landscape of the painting, which we're led to believe is hell, I believe. Mm -hmm. And basically John is like, doesn't even believe like how he escapes down a staircase and still ends up in the hotel basement. But he's just basically like, well, I'm here now. I got to accept it. Yeah, and then it, it, the... it does just kind of end on a bit of a bit of a bummer bit of a yeah. bit of a low note but because well i actually i kind of like the ending yeah I, at least i really liked the uh i thought like the, the landscape fucking, the final shot was yeah i thought it was good i just i just yeah. think in the story oh the yeah ending no, as a story was a it was a... it was not really anything yeah and they just tumble in they turn around they see that the exit is gone and then they go blind basically yeah yeah i liked yeah. the uh there was one shot that we didn't really touch on but it's of the house and I think they say that, like, the spirits, like, all the people that worked on the house are all connected to it. So, like, they were all zombies from the beginning or reanimated. And then you see that great shot of all the rooms in the house lit up and you see all the silhouettes of the people oh, yeah. in it. I thought that was a really, really nice shot. The one at the end, yeah, I agree with you. It was really cool to look at. Yeah, I, I forgot about that shot. Because earlier they say, too, that um, Lisa's, like, helpers basically arthur and martha came with the hotel so i guess that yeah. kind of ties that up yeah which is nice oh you know something really funny that final shot the guy the people that are lying down right yeah. they're uh they're homeless people and they were paid with alcohol and booze oh my god just to lie down there because they couldn't afford extra extra extras you couldn't Isn't fucking incredible you couldn't do that today i tell you that much oh my god that's, that's there would there would be fucking only. hell to pay if you did that um so that's basically the beyond i mean a little bit of a confusing rundown only because this is a very confusing movie not my favorite 
I won't lie. I wasn't, I think it was just okay. I think it had some really good up, like some really good ups and downs, but I found myself between the scenes, like between the, the good scenes, kind I of was waiting. losing, losing focus a bit. And I was like, uh, I was kind of losing it, losing it. And then there would be a good scene and then my attention would be back. And then I start to lose my focus again. So, yeah, I, I typically wouldn't recommend this, but if you just want to see some really good practical effects for like 15 minutes, just watch a little compilation or something. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of disrespectful to say. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, really good effects, some really good jump scares that actually scared mm. me. And one scene that actually genuinely made me cringe, this fucking spider scene. But yeah, other than that, I mean, don't, and, and don't fucking take our opinions. Always watch the movies and form your own. But yeah, Bart, you wanted to. Uh, sorry, yeah, I have two more wild <laughs> trivia facts. No, that I go for it. About. Yeah, so you know how on Prime they'll pop up like some trivia facts, like X-ray after you've watched the movie. Yeah. You can turn that on, whatnot. Yeah. So it turns out that the band Europe, who did the the final countdown, yeah, did a song inspired by this movie called "The Seven Gates," and it's one of their most <laughs> popular songs. Oh, Isn't that's that awesome! I'll have to listen to that song. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> and if you're interested for more, there is a, a four series comic book adaptation. In continuation of the oh, okay the seven gate story which is pretty cool that's pretty cool at least the artwork looks really cool yeah no no we'll definitely have to check out the other movies in the trilogy mm-hmm. um see how they yeah we'll see up. how they hold up uh so that's going to conclude this episode of the podcast um again guys don't don't take us at our word always watch the movies form your own opinion again exactly. i mean our honest thoughts may differ but we always recommend the movies we talk about Mm-hmm. So next week, we're talking about the Black Phone from 2022. Yes. I'm. Do you know who the director is? I'm not quite I sure. I don't actually. I don't know much about it at all. I just know Ethan Hawke is in it. I haven't even seen the trailer. I, I've just heard very good. I'm things just gonna about look it. the director up right yeah. now. It's the guy that did Sinister and Doctor Strange. Ooh, I like Sinister a lot. Sinister's good. I just find like. People are either way too negative on Sinister or people are way too positive on Sinister. That is totally true. I don't think I've ever found somebody who's like, yeah, it's all right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Scott Durkinson. Okay. Um, directed by Scott Durkinson, based on a short story by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, uh, by this, mm. of the same name, The Black Phone. I have not read that. I wanted to, but I was, I don't know. I got a lot of other stuff to read. So yeah, totally. <laughs> I did I not decide. Read. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'll probably read it afterwards. And then after Black Phone, we're going to talk about The Munsters, Rob Zombie's The Munsters. Yeah. And I have high hopes for that movie. I have a lot of high hopes for that. I've heard a lot of shit being talked about it. Oh. And I'm here. we're here to to hopefully not find it shit, but hopefully. it's yeah. hard to we're, tell. We're the audience. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, Yeah, look forward to that. Other than that, thanks everyone for watching, and we'll see you next week.